Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where I speak with creative entrepreneurs, artists, and other insanely interesting people to hear their stories learn about their molding moments, tipping points, and spectacular takeoffs. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Liz, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, you have been a listener. You've been a guest at one of our events. And uh, so you know a, a bit about how we do this. So tell us a, a bit about yourself, your story, your background, and the journey that has led you up to the work that you're doing today. I love answering the story question because I, I love getting to relive where I've been and then at the end feel really excited again about where I am now. <laughs> um, I started... My very first job, people always love to know this. Have you ever heard of Cutco Knives? Mm -hmm. I, the summer I was 19, it was between my freshman and sophomore year of college, I was the number 10 knife seller in the United States of America. I sold $48,000 worth of knives, like making phone calls, going to people's homes, doing my little knife demonstrations. And a lot of people who have heard of Cutco have gone and tried it and they, they hated it. It wasn't for them. You meet very few people who haven't heard of it and you meet tons of people who are like, oh yeah, I tried that. It wasn't for me, but it really was for me. And you know, to this day, I was a marketing major in college and I always say the very best experience I ever got in my life was selling knives. And, and it's funny because Sometimes when I start my story, I start with my life. And for whatever reason, when you just asked me that, I felt like starting with Cutco. But I stayed there for five years. And when I graduated college, I ran my own knife selling office where I was recruiting and training reps. And my territory was Washington, D.C. So it, it was a hilarious experience. I named my team because you, you got to name your team the D.C. Regulators. And we had a cheer. So, of course, it was Regulators, mount up like the Warren G song. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just so, it was so amazing. Cause if you, uh, I mean, you know, but if anyone listening knows what I do now, I've been in the world of kind of internet marketing for the last three years. And some of the very best things I've ever done have just been pulled back from my experience, just sitting down with customers, sitting down with reps, running interviews, running trainings, and just being with human beings in real life for the first five years of my career. Kind of like you, I am not built for corporate America. So when I left that, I lasted approximately one year in corporate America. It just it was not for me. I realized I spent that one year selling uniforms for a company called Cintas where uh, we'd go into hotels and, you know, the people at the front desk and the, and the back end and stuff fit them. And I realized in that year that I am also not cut out to be doing 
work that doesn't benefit others. I'm really, I need to be helping people. And unfortunately, and my, my mom teases me about this. She says, what would you do if you had to go to a real job? I have no idea. Cause I just can't. And after Cintas, I became a personal trainer. And it was funny because that was 2008. I took a 60% pay cut that year to work for less than $9 an hour and pick up weights off the floor and wear a red tank top that uh, tank top t-shirt that said staff at a New York sports club in Hoboken, New Jersey. So after a couple of years of being a personal trainer, which I loved because I've always been into fitness. I played sports growing up. I even people laugh when they ask me, Oh, when did you start working out? I was 12. And that was the year that TLC's video for Waterfalls came out and Creep, the album Crazy Sexy Cool. Do you remember what their abs looked like? I don't remember what their abs looked like, but I remember the album. Oh, man. that's I saw these and I was like, oh, I want my stomach to look like that. And I started <laughs> exercising. I remember I had these purple dumbbells and I ordered a VHS tape. Well, not ordered at the time. It wasn't internet. I think I probably went to... I don't even think they had Target yet, so who knows? Maybe a Kmart and got Daisy Fuentes totally fit, and and I had this VHS that I would do in our living room, and then I later got an Abs of Steel video. It's just hilarious to think back on being 12 years old and doing these silly exercises, but that was kind of my first foray into fitness, so when I became a personal trainer, I was really excited. I started teaching all these classes, and I loved doing that, but... I just could not figure out how to make a living without having a miserable lifestyle. I was training clients as early as 5.30 in the morning, having my afternoons open, going back to the gym and being there sometimes till 8 or 9 o'clock at night. So it was kind of miserable and lonely because I was home all day during the day when no one else was around. And then in the evenings when you know I'm in my mid to early 20s, people are going to happy hours and stuff, and I was training clients. So at the time... I just didn't know what my next step was. And I was very much in that phase of when you don't even know what your options are. And because in my family, education is highly valued, I decided to go to grad school. So I went back down to Washington, D.C. I didn't even last a full semester as an exercise science major. I was so bored. And by the stroke of God, my friend Sarah Jenks, in the fall of September 2010, she, she asked me, have you ever heard of Marie Forleo? No, who's that? And because I was creating a website, which by the way, if you want to laugh, my very first website was called fithealthyandbeautiful.com. And I paid someone on Odesk like 400 bucks. It was the worst. <laughs> so in one fell swoop, I clicked update and wiped out that whole site. And I like to share that stuff because I speak to a lot of women and I get a lot of emails from women who are just starting businesses and all they see like is the website now, which is my fifth website. You know, I've, I've been through B school. I've gone to all these things. I, I finally hired a creative team and invested some good money. So I always just like to remind people it used to be a disaster. <laughs> Did not always look the way it looks right now. So I ended up going to an event called RHH live that Marie Forleo used to put on in the fall of 2010. And that kind of changed the trajectory of everything. That's where I realized what the possibility was for myself and my lifestyle. Cause I always had this yearning 
for this flexibility and truly to be able to do whatever the hell I want. But I just had no idea how to make that a reality. So I also ended up doing Marie's Mastermind, which was an incredible experience. And lately I've been kind of allergic to the term mastermind because I feel like it's, it's kind of like, you know, you and I have had the conversation about podcasts. Things just get so played out after a while. But I think we do forget that, you know, we're in this industry. So it might be played out for us, but for other people it might not be. But I just, I just met so many people over the course of 2011 and, and working with Marie. And at that time, I was developing an online health and fitness brand. And I launched my very first program, which was called Tighter in 10 Days. And it was so much fun. And still, like, my website was a little bit of a disaster, but it was getting better. And that kind of started me on this journey of who am I in the world? And, and when you do things online, it's kind of crazy. I feel like everything gets skewed. And, and there's this inclination to be comparing yourself to your peers, comparing yourself to people you perceive to be better than you. And, you know, that sliding scale of what better than you even means gets kind of outrageous. And so still I was trying to figure out, you know, who am I? What do I want to do in this world? I loved helping people. And in my own personal life, I'd come to a place where health and fitness just wasn't doing it for me anymore. The, the memorable moment that made that choice for me was I was working, I'd moved back to New York City and I was working at a really high-end personal training studio where we worked with a lot of fashion industry people. It was very expensive to train there. Clients were paying anywhere from like $175 to $225 per session. And I just started feeling like I was kind of stealing from people because there were so many other things going on below the surface. And I just knew that all of the exercise and all the diets in the world were never going to make these people feel better. It wasn't making me feel better. And during this time I was in the best shape of my life. And somehow I got invited to create a video for MarieClaire.com through that studio. And I remember showing up for the shoot and there was hair and makeup and, they put so much makeup on me. I have freckles. I mean, I know this is podcast, so you can't see my face, but I have a lot of freckles and I love my freckles. They covered up my freckles. They painted contour lines on my stomach. Like I had abs. I was in great shape. I had worked so hard for my own abs and they were painting them on. And it was just like this loud, clear, blaring message like, hey, Liz, you might be in the best shape of your life, but you're still not good enough for the way this industry wants you to look. And that kind of sparked my journey into the subtle body, working in instead of working out. And that was 2012. And so fast forward two years later, everything is so completely different. And I've, I've done a lot of work with coaches and healers. I've, I've done training and energy healing myself. And I think we'll probably talk about this a little bit later. The biggest thing I did was figure out how to actually connect to myself and trust myself and accept myself and listen to my intuition. But because I come from the health and fitness world and I've always been curious about the physical body, the way I kind of approached it was, all right, cool. How do I use my physical body and my senses to feel that connection and then, you know, teach that and lead women 
through that path because, and, and, and a lot of what I talk about is for men too. My target market is just women, but there's so much valuable information in our thoughts, feelings, emotions that show up in our body in the form of sensations and things. And so that's really what I became super fascinated with. And, and that's where I am now with um, my new brand, which is called Wild Soul Movement. And that's exactly, I lead women on a journey through their bodies to get to that place of deep self-trust and power and inner wisdom. Awesome. All right, cool. This is a beautiful ton of stuff here. <clears throat> and as you've heard me say a thousand times, I want to go back to the very beginning of all of yeah. this. Um, let's talk about Cutco uh, briefly. It, one of the things that you said was this was sort of a pivotal, uh, you know, learning experience that has actually, you know, played itself out and, and you've brought it forward in everything you do. So two questions from around that. Uh, one is when we look back at our own experiences, uh, I mean, how do we find the ones that are worth bringing forward? How do you take the lessons from them and translate it into everything that you do today? And then, of course, you know, w- what has been the influence of all of that in, in the way that you show up in the world today and, and, you know, in the work that you do? That is such a great question. The very first thing I realized when I left Cutco and started Corporate America was my work ethic. My work ethic was above and beyond In fact, the very first corporate job I took, I only lasted there for two weeks because people all around me in the cube farm were snitching on me. They were going to my manager and telling him, oh, she's checking her email. She doesn't go to lunch with anyone, all this weird stuff. And it was because I was just outworking these people. When I got there, there were these training videos that they told me were going to take me two weeks to get through. And it took me three days because I was literally just used to being an independent contractor and busting my butt. All I ever did, I made more phone calls as a representative. So I faced more rejection. I got really used to that. And then when it was my office, I just, through management training, and and, and I just did what I was supposed to do. It's so funny because there's many things in life where people say, oh, you just follow the program and it works. And Cutco really was like that, fortunately, because the product does sell itself. The knives are freaking amazing. I just, you know, cut pennies, cut rope, cut up food in people's houses. So I learned all I had to do was show up to more people and the law of averages would do its thing. But of course, I also learned really how to connect with people there. I've always had that skill and that nature intrinsically, but through the various doing sales appointments as a representative, giving talks at team meetings locally, and then also at a divisional and a regional level. So by the time I was uh, 20 years old, I'd spoken in front of crowds of hundreds of people. So all these things that people really fear, I was doing when I was still kind of too young and stupid to be that afraid of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So it just got ingrained in me and I got used to it. And I ended up taking for granted that I had these skills and this comfort level with things that really matter and could be translated into just about anything at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So how do we find that in our own lives? I mean, how do we bring whatever it is from our past forward in a way that's actually, you know, self-serving as opposed to self-destructive? I think, and I know you talk to a lot of people about fear and behaviors and habits. I think if we can look back at the things that people really are blown away that we did, 
For example, I was my friend Jess yesterday. She was like, man, you are brave because I'm about to go full nomad. I'm not going to have a home technically for the next three months. And I know so many people who do stuff like that. I take for granted that it is kind of brave. And I was like, oh, you know what? I appreciate that. You're right. I am courageous. So when we think back on the times when people are like, wow, they're super impressed by us and we don't even feel like it's a thing. How did we learn? Why do we take those things for granted? In there, I think you can really find the stuff that's made us who we are. Yeah, I would say so. I, I think, you know, it's interesting to hear you say that because I think often we don't recognize our own gifts. Uh, like yeah. you said, we take them for granted or we kind of, we don't, we actually don't stand in awe of ourselves. Mm-hmm often enough because it's, you know, it's like, oh, that's self-promotional or narcissistic, uh, which, yeah, I think there's a balance between those two things. But I think absolutely, like sometimes you have to recognize, you know, what you've accomplished or what you've achieved and and actually kind of revel in it and say, wow, I did that. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe just break down, how did I do that? (laughs) And those are the things that really have that body of work and experiences. There's a lot of magic in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's do this. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's start talking about your time as, as a fitness trainer. I mean, you go from having, you know, a, a really great job to sort of making that transition to, to $9 an hour, you know, hustling in, yeah. you know, a gym in Hoboken. And there's a lot of things that come up for me here. Uh, one is, is, you know, the willingness to make that kind of a leap, navigating the just torture of, of you know, not having an uncomfortable lifestyle because i think the there there's almost sort of this um narrative that gets perpetuated by the internet that hey you know you get to quit your job and you get rewarded and you get to travel the world and live fantastically and you know yet the the, the common thread i keep coming across is no you don't you get to go through hell <laughs> and then you might get one of those things um and maybe not even all of them and it might not even work so what I want to do actually is talk about the going through hell part mm-hmm. uh, because I, one, I think that we have to build that capacity for it, but I want to get into more depth uh, around kind of what you've been through with that, the challenges that you've faced and also just dealing with that. I mean, going from, you know, what you were doing to $9 an hour and, you know, thinking, okay, I'm doing this for a reason and, and navigating that whole part of this journey. Yeah. I love that you asked that because this is something I tell people all the time. I love to tell people about when I went through hell because as I have built my brand, I've done that thing where I put people on pedestals like Marie Forleo, like Danielle Laporte, who are fantastic, but it is, it's slow burning hell when you're new to look at people who've been doing something for five years eight, 10 years or more and compare yourself. It's ridiculous and unreasonable. So I always like to tell these stories of all the times I had to call my mom and be like, Hey, I'm short on rent this month. And it was such a blow. I think for me, part of the gift is that I basically have no ego left (laughs) because it's, it's really nice now to be able to not feel the shame of it when I talk about this stuff anymore. But there were years when I just, I said no to stuff. I couldn't go to some of my great friends' weddings because I could not afford to go. Uh, I couldn't, even my social life, there were things I just said no to, or there were even, there were times of sitting at dinner 
and the check would come and just figuring out, ooh, I wonder how much balance is left on this credit card. And, and, and for me, so a lot of the shame is around money because as a personal trainer during those years, I just was not making very much money. And it was brutal and it was really hard to go from getting these big commission checks. I mean, so when I left Cutco, that was 2007, so seven years ago, I was 23, and I got a $40,000 super bonus check that year. That's ridiculous for a 23-year-old, and but I never, I never really learned how to manage the money, <laughs> so it's not like I had an exorbitant amount of savings, and so it was messy. It was really, really messy. And something I tell people now all the time is that sometimes things have to get really messy before they get really good. And, and there's constant ebb and flow. Just because you you're experiencing the good right now doesn't mean you're not going to get dragged back through a mess at another point. Yeah. Well, and the messes get bigger and crazier. Oh, bigger and uglier because yeah. it calls you deeper into your practices. It tests you wherever you think you've arrived it's like, oh, no, no, no. Let's really, let's go there now and see how, how you can handle this next level. Actually, a friend of mine, Denise, says, new level, new devil. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's true. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. So there's two things you mentioned in that that I want to dig a little bit deeper into. One is this idea of getting to a point where you have no ego left and also this idea of shame around money because I think those are two things that are universal mm-hmm. for pretty much anybody. I mean, I think that we all have some sense of shame around money. Um, I mean, how do you get to a point where there's no ego left? Because I think that's, that actually is one of the critical turning points. And I mean, I'd love to think that the ego doesn't come back when you, when you think it, you know, you've got none of it left, but it seems to like to rear its ugly head at, at, you know, perfect moments. Um, so, so talk to me about this in, in more depth. I mean, how do you push to the point where there's no ego left and how do we deal with our issues with shame around money? Yeah. So, when I say there's no ego left, I'm a human being. Of course, I still have ego. I just mean in the way of there's there's very few things that I'm unwilling to tell just about anyone that wants to ask anymore. Whereas before, I used to I used to hide that stuff. And for me, I'm a big book nerd. I read a lot, and one of the books that made all the friggin' difference for me, and it was just last year, was Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. Mm-hmm. And I know from listening to your show, um, have you read that or no? Yeah, of course. So you probably love her because she has research to back up the theories. And I think she just gives language for people who don't know how to talk about things or are too scared or too ashamed. And so sometime last year, I started just having conversations with people that were the most terrifying conversations. The thing that I thought would scare that person away, make them think I was terrible or hate me or not love me anymore. I just started putting it all out into the open because what she says is true. When all the shame, the reason it festers is because it's, it's hidden. It's, it's in the dark. And when you bring it to life, it it dissolves. And the cool thing is the very best people in our lives, they're going to love us anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and there's so many people waiting to just be like, oh, me too. So, so that was one of the things. I just started telling the truth and admitting some of the things I was most ashamed and most embarrassed about. And lo and behold, so many people were like, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, I've had that. And, and that's that, that for me was so freeing. And after like the first couple of those conversations, I was like, damn. People are just still going to love me and this is going to be okay because that's one of the biggest fears, right? Abandonment, loneliness, that we don't belong, that we're going to be rejected. And once you, and, and for me, so in my personal life, it was beautiful the way people embraced me and embraced me even in my darkest stuff, but also in my business and my brand, I started writing about some of this stuff. And I just was getting thanked profusely. Oh, thank you for talking about this. And some people would send me personal emails. Some people would comment on the post, but just this outpouring, it's almost like people are waiting for someone else to go first. Mm -hmm. So, so that's one thing. As far as the shame around money, a good friend of mine, Kate Northrup wrote a book called money, a love story. 
we've had her here as a guest too. Oh, great. Yeah. So, so just listen to that. Uh, it's, she's so fantastic, but I also went through some other stuff. My friend Denise has a course called get rich, lucky bitch. And a lot of that is, I love the name of her brand. And a lot of it is based around the law of attraction with some people agree with some people don't. I resonate with that a lot. So I really enjoyed that. And then a lot of it. And so this is, this is the part that's kind of wild. So many of us, and and I've heard you talk to other people about our relationships with our parents. Mm -hmm. A lot of my money stuff turns out had to do with my relationship with my mom, because, um, I've had a thing since I was little with feeling like I need to take care of my mom, which isn't true. Of course she can take care of herself. She's tough, intelligent, amazing. And, you know, one of the hardest working people I know. So she's more than capable, but you know, through various situations in my family growing up, I I always felt like I I want, I want to take care of my mom. And one of the ways I would take care of my mom is she loves to be needed. You know, she works in HR. She's like the biggest heart in the world. She will put everybody ahead of herself. And so during times in which I was successful, I would somehow always find a way to sabotage myself. So I would always have to go running back to my mom to bail me out financially because at a certain point, that's the only thing that she had that I needed that I supposedly couldn't provide for myself. So I would create these situations where I would have to go back to my mom. And and, and so that was like kind of like this crazy way of me sabotaging myself to make my mom feel loved and needed because I needed her help. Does that make sense? Yeah, to some degree, it's a little convoluted, but I get it. It's it's very esoteric, and there's so many layers to it. But when I finally realized it, I was like, oh, cool. Why don't I just find all these different ways to love my mom instead of you know creating these money situations for myself? And, and the other thing, so there was that. And then this concept from Kate's book that sounds so simple, but one of the things she says is, you have to feel it to heal it. And so I just let myself feel some of that shame of like being at whatever age and not still being able to provide for myself consistently or, you know, being an entrepreneur and kind of learning to love the debt that I'd built up because it helped me build my brand and helped me build my business. And in fact, there's plenty of people who maybe they don't have credit card debt, but they have business loans or they have student loans or they have all these other things. So kind of shifting my relationship around money and the shame of that to being like money is just energy. So if I'm in debt, it just means I've, I've taken more than I've given. And for that, for me, that was almost like this fun challenge to be like, oh, cool. Why don't I just give the world more value, share more of myself, take a look at what, what I can give and what I can provide and what I can do for people. And when I started doing that, all that stuff kind of dissolved and completely just created, I was able to create a new relationship with all of it. Okay. I love that. That's probably been my favorite part of the conversation so far. That's <laughs> genius. Yeah. I'd never, I've never heard it put that way, but the idea of, you know, taking more than you've given and treating your debt like that, that's genius. It's, it's beautiful. I've never really thought to think of it that way. So awesome. Um, I, I want to go back to something that you were talking about in the earlier part of a conversation, which I think will, will make a nice sort of tie into that whole Marie Claire thing and, you know, connect us to what I really want to spend the, the bulk of our time talking about going forward. You were 12 years old. And what you saw uh, was, you know, people with abs and you wanted to be like that. And uh, so what I want to talk about here is self-image, actually, because mm. I think that 
you know, for the average 12-year-old, they don't respond the way you do. To, you did to it. Um, your response was healthy. And yet I think that we, you know, through pop culture, through magazines, through media, we do something really horrible to the self-image of so many women mm-hmm. um, through all of this. And I really want to hear kind of, you know, navigating that journey. I mean, especially as a teenage girl, because I know there are probably mothers listening to this. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I see things that honestly I feel in the long run end up being really self-destructive for people. And I'm it's, wondering how you've kind of, you know, navigated all of that. And I, I just want to hear your view on all of that. Oh, this is great. So somehow as a kid, I had the sense always to kind of be able to look around me and see what I didn't want and therefore be motivated by what I did want. So you're right. My response is atypical. And and I played sports. Like I was always really fit and athletic. So that's actually something that held me back for a while working in health and fitness because I almost felt guilty that I was never super overweight or really, quote, hated my body. However, I certainly had my discomforts. So so all women, and this is this goes back to Brene Brown, she talks about how for women, our deepest source of shame is usually related to our bodies. And for men, it's usually related to, you know, don't be a baby or don't be a, I don't, I don't know if I could say the P word on here, so I won't, but, um, so my body shame kind of came in the sense of, I was also raised with a religious background. I was raised Catholic and literally Srini from the time I was like, again, around that time, kind of 12 years old, like I started getting boobs in the third grade. So by the time I was in middle school, I already had C cups. I already like, I'm half Puerto Rican. I already had an ass. Like I already was shaped like a woman as a seventh grader. And I wrote a blog post a couple months ago about feelings, fears, and first world problems. How for a while I was ashamed of my problems and my fears. Cause some of them sounded kind of elitist, like, Oh, my body shame came in the form of like, I've, I've always had this Coke bottle figure and I thought I needed to cover it up. Whereas knowing so many other women suffer eating disorders or being overweight and stuff like that. And, and my shame was about covering up. Um, it, it, there's no hierarchy of pain, fear, or suffering. You know, everything is relative. It, the magnitude for you, for your biggest thing is going to be the same as someone else relative based on your experiences. So a lot of my body image stuff for a while, and I go there because I had to reconcile this within myself to say, I can still relate to women uh, of any shape and size and regardless of what it is. Cause at the end of the day, it all comes back to the same thing. We don't love ourselves. We don't trust ourselves and, and we're seeking the solutions outside of ourselves. So and like you pointed out, when I was 12, I was like, oh, I want those abs. That's an external thing. That's a physical thing. It wasn't like I want to be a better person. It was like, I want my abs to look like TLC and Janet Jackson. And, and, and I think what happens, like what you said with media, the thing that's so damaging is we look at these things and we think, oh, I will be happy. I will feel good. I will be worth it when I have, you know, fill in the blank, a six pack, 
nicer legs. And, and the problem is with media, there was a couple months ago, I was at the airport and I snapped a picture of the magazine rack and I posted it on Instagram. And it just like makes me want to scream sometimes because I'm not all up on the psychology of subliminal messaging, but when it says, you know, lose 10 pounds, have the best sex of your life next to each other, of course, somewhere in our brains, we're making a connection. And and for most of us, it's, it's not empowering. It's going, oh my God, I'm never going to have great sex if I don't lose 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. And all this self-worth and desire gets attached to these physical external things. So I feel like I've gone off on a tangent and I might need you to reel me back in. No, I, I, that's, that's why I didn't say a word. Um, cool. I, I think you didn't actually go off on a tangent and you set it up perfectly to talk about why you came to me in the first place. Uh, you know, you talked about, you know, self-love and, and, you know, when you contacted me, you said the whole idea uh, behind what you wanted to talk about was the fact that we have everything internally in our physical bodies that we need yeah. to create and accomplish what we want. And I want to spend the rest of our time really focused on that concept and, and, you know, how you arrived at that conclusion, how it's played itself out in your life. And then of course, how do we take that and how do we apply it to our own lives? Mm. So, so when I say physical body and, and I'm just going to throw this out there right now, I, I'm a deeply spiritual person. So a lot of my beliefs revolve around that, but you don't have to share my beliefs, have similar beliefs or have any beliefs for the things that we'll probably talk about for the next while here to connect and make sense for you. So I just want to put that out there that if I say something you don't agree with, Find your own context for it. it. I don't need you to agree with me um, in the context form. Um, so I believe our physical body is our house for our intuition, for our spirit, for our mind, for all of those things. So when I say everything you've ever needed had always has always been inside of you, that's what I mean. And, you know, if you think about it as babies, like we're born just, just pure love. We don't have attachments to anything. We don't have these mental, physical, emotional issues. Most, most of the time, some, some babies are born with that stuff, but, um, we collect them from our environments, right? You know, from a lot of it comes from the way we're raised. A lot of it comes from our friends and our education and the the experiences that we have over the course of our lives. So, really the root of my philosophy is I've spent like the last decade unraveling so much of that and creating it to be the exact, the exact way I want it to be that serves me. And and I'll tell you right now at the core of a lot of it for me has been Danielle Laporte's core desired feelings framework. Mm -hmm. Because for me committing to feeling the way I want to feel And then just seeking out those feelings has been mind blowing because it makes decisions and choices that we're faced with every day in anything, in business, in life, in relationships of or related to body, right? The way I want to move, the way I want to eat, what I'm putting in my body and why comes back to if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And it just makes things so simple to seek out feeling good and prioritizing, you know, what that means to you that you can then build habits and practices 
around that as opposed to looking outside and, and saying, oh, let me give you a tangible. You'll, this, you'll probably like better. When I was in Cutco in my early 20s and I was making all this money, one of the things I said is I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. And the reason I said I want to be a millionaire is because I was attaching success and freedom and all these other things to having a lot of money. So I turned 30 last September and I am not a millionaire yet, but I looked around and I realized, man, all the things I thought being a millionaire would give me, I kind of have. And that felt so good to realize it was freedom. It was flexibility. It was not having anyone to answer to or tell me what to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I want to take this a bit deeper. Uh, you know, you've talked about sort of the body being the house, uh, you know, for all these things like our intuition uh, and, and everything else that really carries us forward in the world. Let's talk about the habits and practices piece of mm-hmm. this, and let's let's bring it to something a, a bit more less esoteric and practical, so we can boil it down. I mean, you know, you know me, so let's let's just let's take this in the context of okay, you know the work that I do, you know that I, about the events that I do, the books that I write, the podcasts that I create. So I'm going to take all of this and and really apply it to my life. Uh, in a practical framework, how would I do that? So what I love about you, Srini, is you actually are super intuitive. I remember being at Instigator Experience and even some of the conversations we've had since, and you, you would say things like, I could walk into a venue and just know whether or not this is the place, right? Mm -hmm. How do you, so I don't mean to turn the interview around on you, but for someone like you, who is a bit more practical and a little less like woo woo, like I am. How do you know? Like, what does that feel like to you? Hmm. I don't know. I just know. Like, I, I walk in <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's kind of like, all right, this would suck. I, I mean, I just feel it. When I walk in, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I, there were places where we would walk in and I'd be like, I, I, would, I wouldn't even have to walk through the door and I would know that it wasn't the right place. So, how, so you said, you said I would feel it. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea how or where you feel that? Like what the sensation is when you feel something that's a gut, like, nope, this isn't it. Or yep, this is the place. I would say probably it makes my heart race. Like it, my heartbeats get, my heartbeat gets faster and I, I have a smile on my face. And then the other thing is my imagination starts to run. Cool. Like very fast. Perfect. So that in terms of habits and practices that I encourage people to figure out how does, how does my trust and how does my intuition show up in my body? Mm-hmm. So you initially said, Oh, I don't know. But then when you really just sat with it there, you were like, Oh, I guess my heart races, my imagination starts to run wild. So you did know you just had to take a moment to go back to one of those moments and see, Oh, cool. What happened? So that's one of the practices for people is to think on the times in your life where you just knew and, and of course, many of us have these situations where, where we knew and we didn't follow our instincts. And, and then we always were like, damn, I wish I would have listened to my gut. And then, of course, we have the times when we went with it and it just it was the best choice we ever made. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, how does my intuition feel or how, how does that work in my body? Just think back on those times or any time since. Where do you feel it? Like, so. What's, of course, timing is always amazing. This week in Wild Soul Movement, this is what I'm doing with women. And in some cases, you can literally do it physically by touching, like putting your hands physically on places on your body. And I usually send people to three spots because this is, for a lot of people, where they might find it. Your belly, your heart, 
or your, or your forehead, like your intuition, where if you're familiar with the chakra system, like right between your eyebrows is where the third eye, the house of intuition is located. So you can even experiment by just asking yourself a question. And I always like to preface everything by just taking a couple deep breaths, because no matter who you are, breathing will automatically get you more into your body and less, you know, externally focused. So just some deep breaths and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be complicated. It could be in through your nose, out through your nose, in through your mouth. It doesn't matter, but just a couple, three to five deep breaths. So you can actually drop into your body a little bit. And then it could be a basic, simple question. Put your hand on your belly, ask the question. It could be even something like, what do I want for lunch today? Ask your belly, ask your heart, ask your head by just putting your hand there and see, like, what are the sensations? Um, I did an interview with my friend, Emily Archer Pickett, a couple weeks ago. And, and one of the ways she can tell, one of the things you said, Serena, was, oh, I got a smile on my face. Yeah, like, that's positive body language. For you, a smile means yes. You might even notice your body might lean forward. You might notice, like, open body language where your chest comes forward. That's probably a yes. Versus if your chest slumps back that's kind of a no, or maybe it's more of an internal feeling of expansion or constriction. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, as I'm, as I'm hearing you say that I'm thinking about what I feel like when I get out of the water after a surf session. Mm-hmm. And the reason I surf is that it quiets, everything becomes quiet and everything becomes light. Like yes. all the things that have been weighing me down kind of go away. And I have a clarity that um, I don't otherwise get. And, you know, it, it's interesting that we're, we're talking about the body so much because I think that you know, it's, it's funny. It's almost like we're seeing, tre- you know, so many trends towards this. You know, Jonathan Fields put up an interview today that I saw uh, about a doctor and how they're treating disease. And I think that it's, it's fascinating to see how this is all actually affecting us on a very logical and practical level. Yes, and, and I love what you said because one of my one of my little tweetable quotables, which I don't have that many of my own, so I'm really proud of this one, is movement is the most underrated path to freedom because it's like you said, when you surf, you get out of your head and into your body. So I encourage people, figure out what kind of movement you enjoy because when we force ourselves just to work out, to burn fat and calories and lose weight, we spend a lot of that time in our head too because we're pushing and forcing. We're pushing ourselves through. Well, I have to do this workout. We're beating ourselves up and we're still running that I'm not good enough script in our heads while we're doing it. So to have anything in your life, and for a lot of people, it's things like dance or yoga, the things that pull you more deeper into your own presence and engage your senses and get you out of your freaking head and allow you to be free and have more access to the information that your senses are trying to send you. In a lot of ways, it's biofeedback too. It's not just these, you know, beliefs or connection to your spirit, whether you believe in, in prayer or getting downloads or anything like that. Some of it's just you move your body and then all of a sudden you have better access. You're more clear. We talked about ego a little bit earlier. It's almost like a way to like move the ego out of the way to get to like the deeper inner wisdom. I love it. I think that's uh, just brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, Liz, uh, I have to say, I'm really glad you contacted me to talk about this stuff because this is, this is really, uh, what I love about this is that it's not completely new agey. I mean, some of it is, but I think there's a real practical aspect to this and one that, one that we need to pay attention to, not just lip service to, uh, because I've seen, I have seen in my own life and I've seen in the lives of other people, uh, the difference, you know, even my friend Meg Warden likes to say, she says, taking care of your body is holding space for infinite potential. Yeah. Uh, which is, is probably one of my favorite things she's ever said. So uh, I'm going to wrap things up uh, with a question that I know you've heard me ask several people since you've uh, listened to our show. Uh, you know, we live in such a, a sort of noisy, crazy world uh, in which, you know, somebody is always doing something far more epic than you are. Something is whizzing by on Facebook. So what is it uh, in your mind that makes somebody or something unmistakable? This is the perfect question for our topic. Because I believe it is your connection to your own self. Because when you, the only thing any of us has that no one else does is that we are ourselves. Even many of the things we talked about today, some of the things that you're like, oh, that was brilliant or that was genius. You know what? It's all an accumulation of other things that I've read, that I've studied, that I've learned from other people. And it's just me putting the pieces back together and expressing it in my own way. So so much of everything that people talk about when they come here and chat with you is just stuff that, that's already out there. We're just repurposing and re, recreating. And the thing that makes it unique is that we've made it our own through our own personal filters and belief system and processing. So I really do believe that that connection to ourselves where we could be sourced from within instead of feeling like we need to get all of our feedback, approval, answers, and confirmation outside of ourselves, when it comes from us, that's like the deepest, most, and I, I avoid using this word because I feel like it's just super overused right now, but it's really the only appropriate word the most authentic and true we can possibly be to ourselves. And when we're expressing and creating from that place, it's like the most magical, magnetic place to operate from. And the people who we attract when we're in that place, therefore, will just keep us going. It's like fuel. I know right now the women in Wild Soul Movement are just, it's a pleasure and in the past, like when I was a personal trainer, you're just saying yes to everyone because you're trying to survive. I ended up working with all these people I didn't want to work with and it was draining. So this it's just so much more energizing to be first and foremost, again, living from that place where I know and trust that everything I need is inside of me. So even if I reach outside of myself for feedback, the first and last place I always check in is with me. And I think that that's what makes people unmistakable because that is you. It's just pure you. Awesome. Well, I think that makes a, a perfect way to sum up our conversation. Liz, this has been just fantastic. I, I know usually when I have a hit on my hands, I think you're going to be a, a real hit with the audience. So I can't thank you enough uh, for taking the time to join us and share some of your insights uh, and your story with our listeners. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So fun. And uh, for those of you guys listening, we'll wrap the show with that. You've been listening to the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. Visit our website at unmistakablecreative.com and get access to over 400 interviews in our archives. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.